Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, a podcast designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. This podcast is part three of the series, The Art of Letting Go, by Lead Pastor Eric Parks. Today's message is titled, Letting Go of a Broken Heart. So you guys know we're in this series, The Art of Letting Go. And um, we, we base this on a verse, Jesus talking sort of explaining what life is supposed to look like when we live with him, right? So John 10, 10 says that I came that you might have life and life abundantly. So this is the series that we're looking at is like, what does it look like to live that? Like, that's what Jesus said for us. That's how we're supposed to live. And yet the reality is that so many of us live less than that, less than abundance. In fact, I think sometimes we just live. Like, I think oftentimes we almost feel like this verse is uh, Jesus came to give us life support. Like, just barely keep me alive. Like, if I can just stay alive. And so what is our role in this? Because what I've become convinced about is that Jesus freed us for freedom, right? And yet we have a role to play in this. Because the truth is, all of us, our lives, we've had things happen to us. We've had wounds, we've had brokenness, we've had things happen. We call it baggage, right? And so we've used this series and that metaphor of baggage to say, Jesus has this life that he wants for you, but there's things you hold on to that keep you from that life. So how do we let go of the baggage? Like, how do we let go of these things? And if you remember back for all of you, we started this series week one, talking about this virtuous cycle, right? Like the, the process of letting go starts in our head, goes to our heart, and then out of our mouths, and then action, right? So think it, then we start to feel it, then we start to speak it, then we start to do it. So that was, that was week one. And then week two, um, and I encourage all of you, you should go back, download our app. Um, you can listen to the last two parts, or you can go to YouTube and watch the last two parts. Uh, last week, we talked about worry. And in this season in particular, like worry, like really worry. And this is part of sort of like, um, I think our country, we're in, in, we're kind of stuck in like, what's gonna happen? And, and I talked about that we have to learn how to live in this moment now, joyfully be present now, that that is the antidote to worry, to be in this moment. And so this week, I'm talking about something that I think if we all just take a second and we're honest, um, we probably have elements of this that we all hold on to. Mm-hmm. And, and this week is, how do we let go of a broken heart? Like when your heart is really broken. Now, um, all of us have had our hearts broken. Some of you had, had it, you know, like when you're a kid, you think back to when you were like 12 or 13 and that girl didn't go to the dance with you or you're walking through the hall and you heard something, some friend say something devastating about you yeah. and they don't know you said it, but you know they said it. Yeah. Or, or you get later in life and you've had people abandon you. Like all of us yeah, yeah, yeah. have had our hearts broken. All of us, every single one of us, every single one of us have had our, our hearts broken. And the problem with the broken heart that I'm learning is that as we begin to put back our broken heart and it begins to sort of heal up, the truth is we can actually still live out of a broken heart, even when it appears to be put back together. Like oftentimes some of the stuff that we're living out of now, it happened 
years, sometimes decades ago. Yeah. And, and I watched this pattern happen in my life. And, and I'm wondering if maybe this pattern is true of your broken heart of the past. What I tend to do is like when your heart gets smashed and it gets like busted, it, it, I mean, and you, you say to yourself, there's this old quote, um, if my heart is broken, it, it, we use it differently, but shame on you for breaking my heart the first time, but shame on me for letting it get yeah. broken again. Yeah. And so what I think we tend to do is we start to build mechanisms to protect our hearts. Now it's healed. It might have scar tissue, but we start to build walls and put boxes around our heart. We start to put separation between us and other people because when you have your heart smashed, it is like, I don't want that ever happen again. I want anybody hurting me like that again. So whatever I have to do to keep you from doing that to me, oftentimes, even like subconsciously, we start to build these walls we start to distance ourselves and, and it's not just with other people. Like we can get so good at like heart protection that we actually try to build those walls between us and the Lord. Like where we don't really want him into the inner parts of who we are. Like that sounds really terrifying. And I get it. Look, I get this. If you've encountered in environments where love mm -hmm. is paired with fear or punishment or pain, mm -hmm. it does leave you subconsciously with this one of two choices. In order for me to get love, I have to experience pain or yeah. I don't wanna experience pain, so I'll just leave love behind, Amen. right? This is what, what we do subconsciously. And yet the psalmist writes this in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those with a crushed spirit. And yet we still find ourselves not willing to believe this because the pain was so real and we just don't want to go there again. And so we live these walled off half-lives where we don't really engage with people the way we used to and the way we want to. And that isn't John 10.10. 10. Yeah. Living halfway, not, like not letting our hearts be seen, not letting people know who we are. That's not what Jesus had in mind. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. So how do, we, how do we let Jesus heal and restore? Heal and restore. Don't forget the second part. Heal and restore back to a place where when you were a kid, you were just open and free and full of life. How do we do that? I think Jesus does the healing, but we have to step into the process of restoration. Come on. So I'm going to give you five simple steps, a process a process that we engage in to let go. Now remember, remember we've been using this analogy of bowling. Now remember, you don't do this one time and free. That isn't how it works. That's just not real. You know how bowling, bowling, you pick up the ball, you roll it down. You know, some of you, you're gonna hear these five steps. You're gonna write them down. Some of you at home, you're gonna write them down. You're gonna put these into your mind 
Commit them to memory and you're gonna do them one time and then you're gonna be disappointed because you wake up the next day and you still feel all that pain and still feel walled off. Remember this, like bowling, you let it go and that machine, it brings us back, right? And then you gotta pick the ball up again and you gotta bowl, but here's what you do. You keep bowling, you keep in this process and you will get to a place where one day you wake up and your heart is not only healed, but you're restored, yeah, restored. So let me, let me pray. I'm gonna pray for all of you at home and I'm gonna pray for us for a minute. God, help us, help us embrace our role in this process of healing a smashed heart. There's so many people who are listening right now that their heart feels battered and bruised. Help us together step into healing and restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so step number one, you wanna heal broken heart. Step, step number one, you have to decide to let it go. Now that sounds so stupid, honestly. You're like, <laughs> I have to decide to let it go. Now listen, you have to decide to let it go. Most pain that you've experienced, we process it this way. You did it to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any control over it. You did that thing and now I'm stuck with it. I'm stuck with that deal. But here's the truth about letting go. You have a choice in deciding if you'll hold on to it and let it go. And this is key. When you begin to embrace the choice, you begin to realize, if I choose not to let it go, then I'm choosing to hold on to it, right? Like I'm choosing. So if you choose to live in your pain, even the pain that someone else did to you, It's your choice. You've chosen to live with it. And this is really important. Like at some point, we all have to wake up and go, I'm deciding today, I'm committing today that I'm gonna let go of this. I'm not gonna hold on to the pain from the past. I'm going to live my future without that. But until we step into understanding it's a choice, you're always gonna feel like powerless. Mm. Like, what am I gonna do with this? It is a choice to let it go. It's a choice to let it go. We have to embrace the reality that it is a choice. Step number one is a choice. Step number two, always next step. You have to be able and willing to express the pain and your responsibility. Mm. Now this one's tricky. Break it down, Red. Break it down. <laughs> Expressing pain is a tough one. Uh-huh. Sometimes um, what, we, what we will tend to do is we, uh, we stop verbalizing the pain, right? We just say, well, maybe what I do is I'll shove it in a closet and maybe if I shove it in that closet, it'll just go away. Mm. Um, and sometimes we don't have a person to verbalize the pain too, right? That the, the person who did this to me, they're gone or uh, dead or whatever. The reality is learning to express what was done to you is really important. Now that might mean that you need to be with um, a well-qualified Christian counselor, somebody that you can sit down with. That might mean you need to start journaling. Maybe it's writing a letter, but the reality is we have to be able to express, we have to express this happened to me. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And here's, here's what can be tough is that we don't live in world, a world of black and whites. 
I know we think we do, where it's like this way or that way, but the truth is, sometimes I might have played some role in the hurt. And I have to be willing to step into that and say, what could have been my small part in that thing that happened to us relationally? What, what did I do to cause this thing to happen? What could I do differently next time? You know, I, I think it's really important for you to ask yourself this question. Am I an active participant in my life or am I just going to be a victim? Come on. That's good. Am I an active participant or am I just going to be a victim? <laughs> and I'm gonna, am I going to let my pain become my identity? Yeah. Is that what I'm going to do? Because the truth is every single one of you, every single one of you, you're deeper and more complex than that. You know, one of the reasons I love the Psalms is that David would express everything on his heart, right? He would express the pain, he'd say it, but then he also would lament like the stuff he did wrong, like my, my sin. If you look at this verse, Psalm 51 says this. Now listen to how he says it. He says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Create in me a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart. Yes, sir. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore me. Mm. Like he said it, restore me. He took responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. He said, this is real pain for me. He expressed his pain, but he also expressed his responsibility. No matter what the balance was of your sin mm -hmm. or your broken heart, I don't know. Maybe it was 90% them, 10% you. Maybe it was 50-50. I don't know what the balance was. Taking responsibility for your part is critical. Yeah. And confession is the route to not letting this be your identity. Yeah. Don't hide from it. Hide. Say it. It's okay. It happened. I'm angry. Here's what I did. I'm not a victim. And that leads to the third part. Stop playing the victim. Stop it. You have to stop it. Being the victim feels good. Now, I know that sounds a little bit perverse, but when you get on the other side of pain, sometimes us being the protagonist of our story where the world has just done us wrong, it starts to feel kind of good, right? Being the victim can sometimes feel really, really good. Stop. You got to stop. Bad things happen. Our hearts get crushed. Every single one of us on this stage, every single one of you, you've had your heart beat up. Yeah. That's just, that's part of life. You're not a victim. Now look, you're special. There's no doubt about it. Your feelings matter. Bible tells us how special you are, right? Ephesians 2.10, we could go down the list. But I want you to think about this. Your feelings, should it override everything else? Everything. And that nothing else matters? Look, your feelings are one part of the equation of life. And life is complex, right? And messy sometimes. 
And like I said, in every moment, you have a choice to continue to feel bad about what happened to us or to decide to start feeling good, to choose. You gotta take responsibility for your own happiness and your own joy. And let me, let me ask you this in terms of like sometimes I can be stuck in being a victim. This is me, this is me. Mm-hmm. I wrote this to me. Why would I let the person who hurt me in the past have such power right here and right now? Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Why? And we do. Help us. I do. Help us. That's why, that's why sitting in that victim state is so tough. Um, I was talking to TJ this week about this, and this was his quote. It was so great. You cannot resaw sawdust, right? <laughs> Is that not awesome? You can't resaw sawdust. You can't go back and ask, what if when something's done? Uh, it's good. finished. It's done. And our joy can't be dependent on what happened way back then and just living in that. In fact, we're letting that steal our joy now. We're letting that steal now. My God. You know, one of the hardest things I've had to learn is that some issues, some issues, there's a lot that can be resolved, but there are issues in our life that can't be resolved this side of heaven. Yeah. You say, well, what, couldn't I just pray really hard? And isn't God gonna restore and redeem that this side of heaven? We pray for it. We should. We should, we should seek that out. Matthew 18 is pretty clear. But there are all, we live in a broken world. Yeah. And sometimes we can't find the restoration that we want. And sometimes we'll live in this like victimhood where I can't get it straight. And if I can't get it straight, then I'm, I can't get happy. I can't feel joy. Listen, when we allow a critic, a past pain to determine our happiness, you know what we're actually doing? We're letting that moment in that space actually replace God in our life. Look at Romans 8. This is what Romans 8, the Apostle Paul says, if God's for us, who can be against you? If he's for you, that happened, but who can really be against you in this moment? He said, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also graciously give all things? In other words, like, give you everything, like to live in this moment with joy and fulfillment and happiness. For I am convinced, this is my favorite part, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future or past, any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation can separate us from God. This is key. You don't need to be a victim. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be. But you have to make the decision not to become one. You don't need to be a victim. What happened, happened. Make a decision not to stay one. And that leads to step four, right? Step four, we have to learn how to forgive Mm. the hurt that was done, right? We have to learn to forgive. Now, I want to say a little bit about this because I think forgiveness is one of the hardest parts. We may not be able to forget always everything that's happened from the past, right? Mm -hmm. 
But, but this, is, and this is what's hard when some, someone hurts us. You know virtually everyone is, deserves forgiveness. You, you, you know that um, hurt isn't a one-way street too, right? Mm-hmm. You get hurt. You think you haven't hurt somebody? Do you not deserve a little bit of forgiveness? Yeah. Would you not like someone to extend that to you? Because you hurt somebody. There's someone sitting somewhere, maybe in a room over there, that's looking at me going, what are you talking about? You hurt me. <laughs> because this is life. Yeah. We get hurt and we hurt. We're broken. We do these things. Look, forgiveness isn't saying I agree with what you did. Yeah. Forgiveness is I don't agree with what you did, but I forgive you anyway, right? Mm. Forgiveness isn't a sign of weakness. It's simply saying I'm a good person. You're a good person. You did something that hurt me, but I want to move forward yeah. in my life. Yeah and fully let go and live fully alive and I can't until I let this go and forgive you. Your forgiveness is a way of tangibly telling and letting the situation go, telling that situation, I'm gonna let you go, I'm done. It is a way of empathizing with the person who hurt you and that's hard, but that's real. I want you to think about this. When we're hurt, when whatever happened in your life, right? When you were hurt, there was a season where it can almost feel like you're in a prison. Like sometimes our pain can be so deep that I don't know if you've had something happen to you so that, that so affected you that um, when you almost feel a situation similarly, you can feel like something happened in your chest. Like, like you can feel like a release of adrenaline, right? Yeah. That pain. It, it feels very much like a prison. But I promise you, that might feel like a prison someone else put you in. But if you don't forgive them, that is a prison that you're putting yourself in. Wow. It is a prison that you're putting yourself in. And I got to thinking about this this week because there's this verse where um, in Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes to Jesus and he asks him about how, how many times should we forgive our brothers and sisters. And I've always thought about it like, yes, yeah, Jesus is 70 times seven, right? And I've always thought about that in terms of like, oh, I should just be forgiving all these people, like just forgiving all these people. But then I started realizing, you know, I wonder if Jesus is actually talking about what it means to move past hurt. Because how many times do you have to move past significant hurt? Not once, forgiveness, because you go through this process, I forgive them for what they did, and then I wake up tomorrow when something happens and I'm angry at them again. And like, I don't, I, no, I don't, I'm done. I don't, no, I was forgiving you yesterday, not today. Jesus is like, Jesus is like, no, 70 times seven. That's that process. Jesus is like, yeah, when the bowling ball comes back, you let it go again. And when it comes back, you let it go again. When you see them for the first time at a drive-thru or at your dentist or wherever it is, and you are like, you're, you're flooded with the emotions of what that pain was, I forgive you again. I forgive you again. And I need to say this. Sometimes we forgive others, but don't forget in the process of kind of realizing where pain comes from, we also have to learn how to forgive ourselves because sometimes we realize we did some stuff and we screwed some stuff up. Like you got to learn how to forgive yourself. Some of us actually, that's the worst part. 
We can't get past it. We can't. It's like, I know what I did. I know what I screwed up. I don't know how to get past that. If you can't forgive yourself, you're never going to live a future of peace and happiness. You, you got to forgive yourself too. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. Forgiveness. And it leads to the last part. We got to learn how to focus on the present. You notice like oftentimes all of these talks tend to come back to that singular thought because past and future, they are these abstract concepts uh-huh. and what we have is the now. Yeah, yeah. Past is done, future hasn't happened. What do we have right now? And, and what I'm learning is we, we have to let go of the past because reliving it doesn't do us any good, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't undo the past if all you can do is make today about what happened. Come on. You, you just Come can't. On. When all you do is wake up in the morning and you ruminate on it and it goes through your mind and the thing that he did and that thing that he said, how could he say that? And that's not true. It's just there and it goes, it goes. Um, I remember um, Mark and Sherry Banker used to call it a hook. You'd get a hook in you, right? Like you'd get this hook stuck in you. You got to pull the hook out. You got to pull the hook out. And you do that by not making space in this moment for the past. And how do you do that? Well, be fully present in this space now. Mm. Fill your mind and this time with now. That's so good. Crowd your brains and your lives, not with your hurt feelings, but the reality of what you have right now. Mm. You know, it's really hard to live in the past when you're fully alive in the moment. When you fully look around and go, oh, I do have blessing. Oh, God has saved me. Oh, look at what I've been given. Oh, right? And it's really hard to live in the now when all I think about is what he said and what she did. And you can't, it's, it's almost impossible. You have got to focus on the now. Five things. I mean, it's really not all that hard. You have to decide to let it go. You got to express your pain and your responsibility. You got to stop being a victim. You got to re- you got to forgive, and you got to live right now. Now, now remember, this is the process that we engage in to experience John ten ten. But don't forget, there's a first part of the verse, right? John 10, 10 actually starts with saying, there is this enemy and he's coming to steal and kill and destroy you, right? So here's the deal. The evil one wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to steal your significance. He wants to steal your effectiveness. Living in the past. Sound like a way to let all of that happen? You think he's not using that? You don't think he walks around going, don't you dare forgive him. Hey, remember that thing. Do you think there's any accident that about the moment you start feeling good, something happens that brings you right back? You think that's an accident? And it's usually not a thing that happens. It's like a a moment, a memory, Uh a text, Uh a thing, right? Uh That just tries to suck you back in. There is an enemy of your soul that doesn't want you to live free, Mm. doesn't want it. 
Jesus came so that we would live free. He came to give us life, like fullness. And he wants us to live in a posture looking forward, like looking in this moment, then spend our whole time looking back. This is what he has for all of us. Life. He wants us to live free regardless of the pain that's happened to us. Pain happens. But will we let it go? Is life in Jesus worth a chance? Like, a, Could you see it enough where you go, maybe it's worth trying to let go? Maybe life in him could be just better than life stuck that I'm willing to try letting it go. Mm. We may be wounded and we may have had some really good people hurt us. But I know this, that Jesus came to heal the wounds, make us whole and restore us. This is the great hope of Jesus that all of us got beat up somewhere along the way. And this savior is like, I know, I know. If you walk with me, we'll get through this and we'll walk back in freedom and joy. Doesn't that sound good to you? You were meant to live free. So live free. Let's pray. God, help us. Help us to remember our role in the process of moving past a broken heart. And for all my friends that are listening, who life has been hard, challenging, painful, who feel like their heart is just smashed, God, I pray that you would give them the courage to open themselves back up to you that they would step in and just move into step one and say, hey, I've got a choice to let you in or to close you out. Will you give them the courage to choose you? And then remind us that we have work to do in the process of freedom, but that you are with us the whole way. That is the great promise that you give us a life with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Letting Go of a Broken Heart with Eric Parks, lead pastor of Heartland Community Church. You can experience the entire service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or on YouTube at Heartland CC Rockford or you can watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.